Good morning. I'm Karen Adebani, and you're listening to TKO. And this morning, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurialism in Mendocino County and economic development. And my guest today is Jim Roberts. Jim, step up to the mic. Good morning. Get there a little bit bit closer. It'll help anyway. Perfect. Um, and I asked Jim to come in. I've, I've, we had never sat down and talked. We had to actually have a lovely time sitting Sunday and talking. But I've watched this man develop um, a piece of property in Philo. And he's local, so I was able to contact him. And I've watched him d- develop this business. And I've heard about his struggles and stuff. But I'm going to bet that um, what he's gone through with development in this county over the many years he's been doing it probably has happened to a lot of other people in the um, uh, unincorporated areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Jim and I have talked about is that in the in the incorporated areas, the cities, Ukiah, Fort Bragg, you know, Willits, uh, it seems like development and things happening go smoother than in the unincorporated areas. So I invited Jim to come in to talk about his challenges, his projects, what he's seen for the many, many years he's been doing this, not only in our county, but in other states and all over the country. And then at the half an hour mark, um, Mary Ann Petrillo is going to come on. She's with what is used to be the West Company, and, and now it's got a big, long, fancy name, West Business Development Center. And, and she's going to follow up with developing uh, businesses and uh, helping, because they've been helping people a lot, a lot in the county for economic development. So we're going to start out the discussion with Jim and I, and then we're going to both, all three of us, move into the discussion of um, what's ahead for the county, what do we need to know, and where are the challenges, and where are the, where are the you know, potholes, let's just say. <laughs> so Jim, um, you are, it's the, the organization, or the property you have is called Madrones, uh-huh. uh, but you've been here how many years now? Uh, over 30. Over you know, 30 So I've definitely yeah. had a presence in the uh, county for over 30 years, yeah. And But beyond that, not only have you done development here, you've also done development in other states with your companies and your designs and stuff. So just right. give us a little background information so we understand where you're coming from on this. Sure. So I um, I started out in, in actually in Honolulu um, with a family-run business that was a design business. We catered... Uh, with uh, mostly smaller builders and developers, but also some larger production developers. And then when I came back to California, I started my own firm. And we basically did design work. Um, We consulted with uh, major um, national home builders, um, worked in all different municipalities. Uh, We went and uh, did a lot of work up in Seattle. And we would go in and do architectural critiques of projects. We'd also actually study the psychographics of uh, and demographics of buyers. Um, So in doing that, I, I I saw, you know, many, many communities spring up, and we are a part of that, and actually what they went through on the approval side, the, the development side, and, um, you know, most of those large production builders have entitlement companies that are within the um, organization, so, um, and then on my own, up here, I went ahead and formed the company, I kind of pioneered it, built the buildings that we have at the Madrones, which was originally for my home, and then also my office, and employed people here locally, not a lot of people had a lot of training, so we actually trained people too. Um, we had a ran with a staff of about 25, and then went up to f- about 45 at one point. Um, and our projects actually were all up and down the West Coast, also in Nevada. We did projects in in Reno and uh, Las Vegas. So, 
And then from that in 2008, um, you know, with the economic downturn, that kind of really took us out. Um, we struggled for a couple more years, but uh, I had to actually fold the company and at that time ran into a lot of financial issues. And um, we um, went ahead and I had to kind of repurpose the property that we have up here. So that was a whole nother phase of kind of development, working with the county on that too. So we had the initial build out of the property. Then we had to go through a kind of a redesign or actually a um, repurposing of the property. And then in the meantime, my partner purchased the Brambles property, which we've also been working on too. So um, yeah, so I've actually, I've had a, quite a bit of experience working with the county. I mean, I've done everything from, you know, running a business down to, you know, development, which is, you know, rezoning, uh, general plan amendments, uh, admin, uh, you know, permits. Um, so I've gone through the whole process. And when you talk about repurposing your buildings, why don't, why don't you, because I know and mm-hmm. people in Anderson Valley know what you have at the Madrones. Why don't you just give us an overview of what you're talking about with the businesses there? Sure. So the, the property is about two acres. Um, the original complex built for the design business um, was converted. I had a couple of winemakers come up to me and at that time they were smaller families family wineries were actually losing their um, ability to really move in the marketplace. They were actually being placed in the back of distributor books and they needed to have another way to be viable. So I had two or three that reached out to me wanting tasting room space. So I said, sure, we can do that. We went ahead and started converting, you know, spaces to for tasting rooms. Then we decided we needed to have some accommodations on the property. So we went ahead and went through that process. Then we, um, so right now we have nine accommodations at the Madrones. Um, we have, um, seven businesses there so there's three tasting rooms there's a restaurant um a gift shop our hotel and then also um our cannabis retail location which is another venture that we just started so so it's really it was it really happened organically this wasn't something that was kind of planned out it was um and i was also kind of in financial you know dire straits at that time so i i basically as i could i would hawk something sell something and be able to build a wall and then work with the county and, and, and go through the whole process of turning this into something very different than what it was originally built for. And then the, the other property you picked up is an old piece of property that's down, uh, it's right next to Indian Creek Park. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. down with beautiful redwoods, folks, just gorgeous. And it was, um, let me just say, in the 40 years I've been in Anderson Valley, that property had been trashed for it most had, of those years. Yeah. Um, there's probably bare, bare things that had been buried there that you don't even want to talk about because right. you don't want to find <laughs> them um, um but it's a gorgeous piece of property that yeah. this is what you picked up and you've totally rehabbed this yeah i, I mean, mean we, we spent i mean i spent I, I told uh my partner i said if you're, you're gonna buy it i need a dump trailer so you gotta <laughs> buy me a dump trailer that's the first thing that they did and um you know it was it had really been abused and it was a beautiful property back in the day i heard a lot of stories about people that used to go down there and go swimming and just hang out and um, it kind of fell into a trust, and so the cleanup on it was substantial. Um, but once we started kind of doing that, it, it's it's a beautiful property. I mean, it's absolutely kind of stunning. It's an old growth redwood forest. Um, it's right. It's got a creek on one side. We're trying to work with the county right now to get a path to connect the two properties um, through the county park that's there, and um, and then also that could be a pedestrian way for 
possibly for also local residences residents down the down the road um my goal was to try to have a path that would go all the way up to the town of philo and oh. kind of connect some of these properties together um so that people that are staying here could actually get out and stretch their legs and take a hike without being on the highway and also for community members it's the idea of having more a more pedestrian kind of community even though it's in a rural location and how many units are at the brambles that you're uh, there's out? about five five so, yeah units. buildings that we rehab down there so are just fixed up yeah all right so if you've just tuned in i'm karen Audubonny. my guest today is uh jim roberts and then later on uh, um, marianne uh, Pat- Patril, um, Patrillo will be joining us, and we've been we're talking about economic development, uh, the challenges in the county. Um, we we don't have the answers. I don't think anybody has the mm-hmm. answers, but we're gonna we're gonna t- highlight the challenges, and we're gonna highlight uh, what an entrepreneur is up against in this county. In the I'm gonna say it again, unincorporated areas. Because mm-hmm. I don't see a lot happening in the unincorporated areas like I see in the cities of Fort Bragg and Ukiah, and I don't get to Willits much, but that's what we're talking about. So you started developing or repurposing, as you said, mm-hmm. this property, what year? How long ago is this? For the Madrones, this was back in the late 80s, you know, actually early 90s. Um, Most of our build-out happened about 2005, but it was incremental, you know, um, as we went along. And then the Brambles we picked up about uh, four four or five years ago. Okay, so you've you've been doing this for a good 20-some years with the county. And so when you step back and you look at the processes you've had to go through, Mm -hmm. you've had to go through zoning, you've had to go through building and planning, you've had to deal with getting business licenses for all of these. Um, environmental health. Envi- I forgot it. Yeah, right. for, yeah. Let's forget, yeah, environmental health, which is a big one. So when you started out, how? what was the attitude with the county? Was it easy? Did they work with you? Did you have to hire attorneys and help? I mean... Give us a give us an idea of the progression right. of of dealing with these different issues over a twenty year long haul, and then also your perspective because you did it in Seattle, you've did it, you've sure. done it all over the mm-hmm. state. So right. give me a little, give us a give us, us and the listeners an idea of, from your perspective. How's it worked, or has it? Yeah, and I think, you know, in the beginning, you know, you have to take from my perspective, too. I'm, I'm not a well-resourced developer. I, I'm kind of, I'm just a person that started a business with $1,200 from their kitchen table and just kind of built it up. So um, everything was a little bit of a heavy lift just because of that being at play. But um, I think early on, you know, the one thing that we had is we had people in positions that had some institutional experience. Um, you didn't see the turnover that you have seen probably in the last five or six years or maybe even a little bit longer. So um, in those days, I think, um, though we built something kind of substantial for the Valley, I mean, not a lot of buildings have been built like this that were kind of of this quality maybe. I felt like our feet was were kind of to the fire a little bit just because they, were, they really – you know, question everything. And I think we were just put under a little bit more scrutiny, but I think the process at that time was quite a bit easier. I think it's, um, but it was not, not, not complete, not, not totally easy either. So I think as, but as things have progressed, there's been a lot more turnover within the County. Um, and I think that there's just, I don't, I don't, I don't pinpoint any one single person on this, but I feel like there, I think you and I discussed, there's a little bit of a culture there that you know we should be the clients of the of the county when we go into a county office and try to get something done we should really be the customers there and there's there's this um 
feeling that it's it's we're not treated that way. So I think that instead of how can we get this done, it's always kind of faced with a lot of no. And I've I've found that more and more as I've tried to do some some other uh, things with the, with the county. I think the last rezone that we had on the Brambles property was just one that kind of did me in. And now we have a small cannabis business, so we're also dealing with the um, permits that are going through there or not going through. And that's been a process that's taken four years. I mean, we've been stuck in that process for four years and not much has been done with our file. Uh, when we went to go rezone the Brambles property, it took five years. I was told at the get-go it was going to be maybe seven months or eight months to have it done. And we went through five planners. By the time we got done, we had you know, we had a bank that wanted to actually fund us to build it out and do, do some, we had some tree houses designed and some other things. And we really kind of took a step back and saying, you know, do we really have the energy to kind of move forward with this at this point? So we, and we haven't, I mean, we just kind of kept what's there and we really haven't taken that leap just because of what, what you have to, what you're faced with, with the County. So I think it's, it's, it's very, very difficult process. And is some of this just off the wall, is some of this because of the increased regulations and requirements or is it just truly the culture i think you know california is difficult to start out with i mean we have a we have a state that's really heavily regulated um the building process is really complicated in california and expensive um so you have that and you can't get away from that but i think there's also a you know i've worked in other municipalities i you know when i had a house in berkeley i mean you could basically do a remodel and almost do a counter service and have a permit that day or that week it was a pretty streamlined process, um, and it's it's not in the county. And 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 one of the one of the things I see is that when you submit like even a set of plans for a building or something you're going to maybe remodel, it goes to several different departments, but those departments really don't communicate. So there's really no one overseeing that process of something going through. If you had someone that was facilitating that going through, I think it would be a lot more streamlined. So it really the the energy is put on the on the person that's actually applying that they really have to stay on top of this and walk it through and i I feel that that's something i haven't seen in other municipalities and i will say that um my nephew who's also um it was an architect in san San diego and has worked with these different things he's been working with the planning department Mm -hmm. with a uh, friend who's doing something in yorkville and has had the same comment about um uh, having to fight every step of the way mm-hmm. to prove that you can do what you can do, and in a way, actually educating our planning and building department right, right. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Is, is that kind of what you're seeing also? It, it is, yeah. And I think you'll find that since we have all that turnover too, we have a we have there are good people in the department. So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I think there's good people that are really well intentioned, but we have a lot of younger people too that just don't have a lot of institutional experience. So. Um, they're going to be very, also very risk um, uh, averse. So I think when you're going through something and you're trying to get something done, they're always looking for, you know, well, I don't know if we can do this and I don't know if this is going to be possible. So it's it's just, it's a really slow process instead of trying to really figure out how can we get this done. Um, and I, and I yeah, so I do, I do find that kind of going through the process, actually. Well, and I will say, um, as some of my listeners may know, I've always said that I work with the Anderson Valley Elder Home, right. and I've been in trying to get that developed out and all of that. And I, I have come up, we have come up with tremendous resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, we got approved for a, a quite a large unit, 15 units of assisted living years mm-hmm. ago. We went back and re- rethought our process to go to independent living. We downsized it to five, six units 
units. Mm -hmm. And the first thing the county said is, oh, no, you can't do that. Right. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, and you know it, that that's difficult because yeah. it's like, wow, I had fifteen before, and now you can't. You say I can't even do six. What's right. up with that? Right. But again, that's it's been you know ten years. Not yeah, it's been more than ten years. So oh, it's yeah. a whole different crew. Right. And I agree. Instead of looking at me and saying, "Oh, this is really a great concept to get independent sure. senior living in a rural community." Let's see how we can make this work. Right. That right. that was not the response. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you know even when we went through the negotiation on the rezone for the Brambles property, because we went from RC, which is rural community, to C two. Um, typically, you just get a rezone, and that's it. And then under that re- under that zoning, you have a whole list of things that you can do with the property. You know, it can be used for all different types of uses. Well, we had to go through a conditional. Um, rezone and that meant that we had to go through one by one on all those uses and what we got was um, a lot of feedback from the department on what they thought the property should or should not be used for Um, and one thing that we kind of put our foot foot in the ground on was uh, multiple you know um, housing actually putting if we wanted to put housing in there at one point because we saw such a need in the valley, we have so little housing, I think, like most of the county. And um, we had to really kind of fight for that, to keep that in there. And they said, well, it was really not an appropriate property. But it, it is. There's portions of the property where it's very appropriate. And it would make a really nice place to do some type of housing, maybe down the road, if that's what we decide we want to do. Um, and I have you know, a neighbor and other stakeholders that are in the community that really see that need, too, to do housing and, um, and have the ability and the resources to do it. But I always hear, I, I can't do it in our county. I just can't go through that process in our county. And um, I think that's really unfortunate because you do have people that are within communities that want to try to solve some of these problems. And it just seems like it's uh, you're going up against something that's just going to be impossible. Especially if you're looking five years to even get a project to sure. the, to break ground on it, just right. to deal with all the logistics of yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty. That yeah, and I will say there was a grand jury report that just came out oh. about the lack of housing and how yeah. it's not happening in the county and how you know. I guess the question is, what's it going to take to get the processes more? Uh, development user friendly so we actually have a chance of even doing this i mean this is one of the big concerns for all of us i actually had the opportunity to meet with our representative jim wood yesterday Mm -hmm. i told you that was going to happen um and we talked a lot about development we talked about the anderson valley um, housing association which is uh, migrant worker housing we talked about senior housing jim wood's been going up and down the coast talking to his constituencies finding out what needs to be done Mm -hmm. And one of the fascinating things I found out was I was saying to him, one thing that would help is if the state could give the counties more leeway for mitigating projects Mm -hmm. so that maybe it, it... it doesn't work in LA, but it would work here. Or right. we don't have a lot of you know multi-story buildings in a, in in our counties. Mm-hmm. So can you give the counties a little bit more flexibility? And he proceeded to tell me that all the building codes and all those laws don't even go through the legislature. It's a whole separate process. Mm-hmm. So I made the mistake of asking him, well, who does that? And right. what's the process? He said, gee, I don't know. Nobody's right. ever asked me before. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's again, you know, right. these these trickle down things like yeah. the sprinkler systems and all this, right. so um, that raise the costs for these projects. Right. So it's a big 
mess, I think. I hate to say that, but I think it's a big mess if we're trying to move forward and get anything done in a reasonable amount of time. Right, yeah. On the other hand, we're talking again, folks, about unincorporated areas. I have watched two huge projects go up in Ukiah for uh, low-income housing mm-hmm. and senior housing, and those went up faster than I could build a 750-foot cottage in Boonville. Right, 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 and uh, and it's not it's not right, you know. And your state, rep- our state representative coming by, that's important because actually the state is making a mandate that communities and municipalities actually have to have some affordable units. So every time we did a project um, where, where there's it was community development that we did and we did multiple, you know, multiple homes, uh, a lot of times we'd have a, you know, a certain amount of units that had to be set aside for people that qualified for lower, you know, with lower income. So, um, and I think here there's a desperate need. We all know. I mean, we can't, with our businesses we have right now, we'll find a good candidate but they won't be able to have housing or we'll have someone that's working for us that actually lost the place that they're living in and they're going to have to move maybe to Redwood Valley, which is, this just happened not too long ago. And then they have that commute. Well, how sustainable is that commute on top of everything else? So I think, you know, the biggest one of the biggest issues there is the general plan amendment. I mean, or the general plan. We haven't had that revisited since like the 80s. I think you and I talked about that. We did. And I remember going into the planning office and saying, you know, well, we have like 160 acre minimums here in, in the valley and we can only put a house and maybe a, a secondary home on it. And I think you mentioned you could also do uh, another a couple know, more right. a couple other small things but as long as they didn't have a cooktop or they didn't qualify right. as actually a living structure uh, permanent um and they said well that should be enough and i said that's not enough you know i mean we have an area that doesn't have a lot of small parcels and you know we need to actually have some mechanism where maybe even people that have a ranch or whatever could put a couple extra living units on their ranch so i think there's a lot of things that could be done but that hasn't been revisited since like 40 years so that's a long time 1983 actually yeah what we had talked about and this is another just one of those little historical things i actually owned the redwood drive-in in boonville in 78 and was had designed just a small little commercial mall at the back little commercial buildings at the at the back end of the property it was a large piece of property uh got the whole design down got it all ready to file with the county and the state of California closed down Mendocino County in 1980 because our general plan was not up to date. It took three years to get our general plan up to date. And what happened was if you were not already pre-zoned where you could do something Mm -hmm. in that area, you couldn't change the zoning. Well, all of 128, Highway 128, all the commercial buildings in downtown Boonville, every lot was zoned agriculture. Jeez. And they had, yeah. didn't, had, didn't have variances. So basically, nobody in Mendocino County could do anything for three years. Wow. So that, except for parts of the general plan, have not been updated mm-hmm. since 1983, folks. Yeah. yeah, and it's a big project, but it, it really needs to be done. I think that's one thing that could, you know, be. I mean, we we had to do a general plan amendment on our property, on the Brambles property, and that wouldn't have had to happen if I think if things had been revisited, you know. So, um, but that just kind of shows you how slowly things are moving. And I and I don't want to get. I, I mean, I don't want to get on the county uh, as a whole because I said there, there's great people that are there, but there is something systemically that's happening that really should um, change. You know, yeah. 
that we need to get something going. Yeah. yeah. And and the other thing, one of the one of the reasons we're bringing up this topic and the challenges Jim and I are putting out is that there's a lot of money that's about ready to come into this county. Absolutely. Potentially. Yep. There's a lot of potential money that's coming down from the, the federal government for the COVID, for mm-hmm. stimulus for uh, um, economic development, right. also for housing, though. Yes. And this is one of the things that came up in my discussion with Jim Wood yesterday, mm-hmm. is there's going to be money that can be funneled to the states, or to the counties through the states, and even just from the feds matching money. Mm-hmm. But the problem has been, as they look at rural communities, and like, oh, the impact's not going to be that great. Mm-hmm. And so... Unless we're organized, and unless right. we have the systems available ready to, mm-hmm. to capture this money, right. I think it's going to be a real setback. I, I agree. And I, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I was, uh, I was part of the Move 2030 um, movement that was going on. And actually, I was one of the uh, group leads. Um, we were dealing with green infrastructure, uh, our team was. And through that, you know, with Marianne and West, West Center, that actually they kind of put this together and they got the funding, actually the grant money in order to do this, really started to lay the groundwork. I know she's going to be coming on. She can talk a little bit more about this, um, about doing, taking a look at what our resiliency is and what our what our county looks like in the, in the years ahead and where what we need to do in order to get to a place that we think we have a vibrant you know, community communities that actually have the resources that they need, that have the housing they need, have living wage jobs. I mean, there's all these problems, um, infrastructure, um, broadband, all those things. And so I went ahead and I, I agreed to be on the board, which I sit on right now. And I'm. I, it's a wonderful organization. I think Marianne is doing it and her team are doing a wonderful job. And they're willing to kind of step up to the plate in, in, in helping with this. And I think that's really, really important. So, um, but... Um, Oh. Yeah, so I think um, anyway, I think that uh, that's that's a great organization, and I and I would like to do whatever I can to kind of help them move forward because I know for myself as being an entrepreneur here in the in the county, um, I would like the people that are kind of I'm old old <laughs> or older, <laughs> and um, we're getting up there, Jim. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the people following behind me, uh, I want to make sure that they have the opportunities and maybe don't have to go through what I had to go through. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, which I think is important. Well, I think. I think Marianne's calling in. Great. That just dropped off. So I gave her a special line to call in on so we could get her in. So try back again if that's you. Let me see if that is. Marianne, is that you? Oops. Hi there. Hi, it is Marianne. Let me let me push the button so I got you solid on there. Okay, great. Okay. So, so you see, have you been listening to our random her random random discussion <laughs> ro- rolling discussion? I don't know. Yes, I have. I great. have. It's been great. Oh, well, it's been, well, what we wanted to do is, like like I said, the, we don't have the answers. We have some suggestions. Let's put it that way. <laughs> We're going to put out a lot of suggestions about issues that what needs to happen. So let me just give introduce you. This is Marianne, um, and it's Petrolio? Petrillo. Petrillo. Petrillo, okay. And she's the mm-hmm. executive director of, and you've got a long, fancy name now, West Business Development Center. And I, I so just... So I will... You, you got that absolutely correct, and you could always call us West Center. Okay, that makes it easy. what we are. <laughs> Thank you. That was it. When I made the promo for the show, I said just West Company, because that's what we call all, all kind of know it about. Um, so... 
Jim had just started talking about the 2030 project that you were mm-hmm. working on, but you also yeah. just, you sent me this really great document about uh, a County of Mendocino economic development analysis. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to throw out just a little bit of my background history that I know about this organization, and then you can step in and update it for us. So uh, years ago, many years ago, 20-some years ago, uh, the Mendocino County actually had somebody on staff within the county structure that was an economic development person. Uh, I went to several meetings at the time back then, and, you know, we got headlong, you know, groups and discussions about economic stuff. And then that position just kind of died away. I don't even remember now what happened, but that position went away. And then this group of women got together and created West Company, and it was originally to stimulate women's businesses and get them and small entrepreneurs going. And then what kind of happened is the West Company grew and grew and became very, very successful, very competent, and the the county just kind of stepped away from economic development, and it kind of fell on West Company. So that's kind of my outside perspective of what's happened. <laughs> so, and I know you weren't around then, but that's kind of what I'm letting our listeners know. That's what I've seen as yeah. West the West Business Center has stepped up and even yeah. got the money to do this incredible analysis. So, take it from there. Okay, thank you. And and you you do have that right. We have a long rich history of um, being here in Mendocino County. West Company has been here for 32 years. Uh, we did start our origins are as a women's business uh, center, and we continue to be a women's business center, but we are also host to the small business development center. And um, my two predecessors did a fabulous job of growing the organization to really with a, with a single-minded mission, and that was to help small businesses in Mendocino County. Um, when I came on in 2017, um, we definitely wanted to continue that work. Um, but the reality also is that small businesses are the economic heart of Mendocino County. So with that in mind, we have a very great role to play in the economic development of this county. And I think it's important to understand, too, that because our county is almost 98% small businesses, that means that whatever we're doing to improve the economy has to highlight and be driven by the needs of our small business community. Small businesses, by the way, are any businesses under 100 employees for um, uh, the state of California and under 500 employees nationally. So just as far as that terminology, we often talk about micro-businesses, which is businesses with employees of five or less. So so based on that, I think it, you know one of the things that we really continue to drive home was how interconnected uh, the success of our small businesses were to the economic development of the county. Um, when we were uh, awarded the contract to be the project managers of the economic resiliency development plan, um, this was back in 2019, um, through 2020, of course, the pandemic year, what we did was we created the Move 2030 concept, which is how do we look at an economic resiliency plan, 
that's going to bring our county in the best possible position over the next 10 years. Figuring out an economic strategy isn't a quick fix. It's a long-term planning fix. And you have to have prioritizations and discipline to go after the projects that need to go you need to go after. And so Move 2030 spent most of 2020 um, developing not only the plan, but also the community engagement. So the two big um, items that were outputs from that, one is the economic analysis uh, that you were talking about, and that was done by a third party in conjunction with the steering committee. And then the community development plan where we got over 200 people to engage in these working groups, and that was what Jim was referencing uh, a little while ago as being one of the working groups. So that just kind of gives you a little bit of an well, overview. And, I can go on. No, and one of the things we that I had brought up is, is that we really are at the precipice of maybe getting or potentially getting a lot of federal money coming in for infrastructures, for community projects, and for, for you know, the type of things you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And what I want to know is, are we prepared as a county? What do we need to do as a county? And how can we help? So um, you're absolutely right. Federal agencies, uh, in particular, the Economic Development Administration um, is releasing $3 billion worth of a whole host of grants. Uh, many of us, not, I'm not the only organization in this county, but many of us have been on these webinars to learn about these grants. I will say that the um, one component that is essential to us being successful is that we are collaborating in bigger groups to acquire these funds. This is the key, one of the key elements of getting the infrastructure funds is that we really have to do a lot more around our collaboration and really build coalitions within the county and with our adjacent counties um, to get these big infrastructure projects completed. The second part, of course, is that we have to have a plan, at least an outline of a plan. And that plan needs to be part of what's called a SEDS document. The SEDS document is a comprehensive economic development strategy. And um, I'm on the board, several other people in this county are on the board of what's called SMED, that's the Sonoma-Mendocino Economic Development District, and we're deep in the process of completing this SEDS project. So many of your listeners may have been, uh, people have reached out to them, we're going to be sending an online survey, we're getting all the information, we're trying to get as many of these projects listed in SEDS so that they would then become eligible to apply for these grants, and that's really important, and it's happening very fast. I mean, the time time is really of the essence, I think, on this. That's right, and and speed is one of our challenges, as you you spent the last half hour talking about. Right, and I I think also, you know, we've talked about it before, Marianne, too, I think it's just with, with what's coming out, too, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to capture some of these funds, especially for rural communities. So I think rural communities mm-hmm. are really being identified as yeah. those that need a lot of help and assistance. So um, being kind of prepared in order to be in line for that or actually be able to, um, you know, write the, write the grants for that is really important. And, yeah. and where when you talk about collaboration, how are you collaborating or 
with the county or are they collaborating with you? Is is that happening? I haven't. I, I I watch every one of the board meetings for the last year and a half, almost two years. I have I've seen mention of twenty the twenty thirty project. I have seen nothing about collaborating with you to get any of these funds. But maybe that's happening behind the scenes, and I haven't seen it. But I have not seen it out in public. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's a little bit of a combination of different parts. So on March twenty second, uh, a group of us, including three business owners as well as the Office of Education, other folks, presented our findings and our, our recommendations to the Board of Supervisors. Uh, and that was on March 22nd, and this was all around the uh, MOVE 2030 work. Um, we were asked to go and prepare a proposal uh, in order to be the lead for the economic development um, strategy to do some of this implementation uh, over a three-year period. Um, we have done and worked with the county on several variations of this proposal, but we have yet been able to get onto the Board of Supervisors' uh, agenda to propose the proposal. Um, and so we're still waiting for that to happen. And um, you've, you've played quite but a few I times have worked too. with yeah. the county to develop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so is this a situation where the county should like appoint an economic person within the CEO's office or one of the departments to to uh, you know work with you, collaborate with you to so you have a direct line to the county? Is was that be something that would be helpful? Yeah. So that was the specific request made on the twenty second. Oh, uh, we go. had a twofold yeah. request. One was to select someone within the county government that is the point person, and then to select West to be the third party, the outside, because we can do more because we are outside of the system. Um, so when you have somebody like that's a nonprofit who's doing being a liaison. You know, it, it's easier to get some of these done, but the combination of the two would make us much stronger because we would be working together in unison to go either after these grants, understand the infrastructure, and frankly, because the analysis gave us an economic resiliency roadmap, what we should be doing is working on that roadmap and getting that work done. It's not easy, it's not immediate, mm-hmm. but if you don't have a plan and you don't have people working on it and holding people accountable to getting the, the stuff implemented, it's never going to happen. And, and I'd like, you know, like to jump in really quick. I think one of the things, you know, West, West Center really is willing to take this on, but I don't think this is something West Center really um, necessarily has been has had a plan as far as actually saying we've got to do this I think it's they're just willing to s- step up to the plate and 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 actually help with the resources that they have because nobody else is really doing it so I think that this is really something that you know it's an Westerner is a nonprofit so but what I think Marianne has run into and probably the people the staff with the West Center is when they're starting to work with clients that are actually budding uh, business owners, people that are actually needing resources and trying to put a business together, they're starting to see all the roadblocks that they face 
in doing something within the county, whether it's getting a business license or remodeling an interior space of a retail shop um, and getting permits for some building. I mean, they're just they're they're seeing all these roadblocks that are there. And I think with an economic development plan and trying to actually work on some of those departments within the county and also see their try to find out ways that we can actually get through things in a much more expedited way, I think is really important. And when Marianne talked about small businesses, you know, small businesses are I'm a small business owner. I have five little businesses. And then there's another four businesses on our property that are all kind of family run. And these are people that live in our communities, people that actually um, hire people within our communities and give back to our communities. Spend their money in our communities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. I, I, I you know, and going back to kind of the, what's happened, I don't want to get in the weeds on this, literally, but what's happened with the cannabis thing is that, you know, there was this push for a large expansion so that we could have a few, a handful, a few very large wealth resource players open up uh, some cultivation projects within the county. And that's gotten a real big backlash from the constituents that they really don't want that. And in the meantime, you have 700 applicants that are sitting in uh, the Mendocino Cannabis Program that actually have not been issued permits. And actually, out of that, I think we have a... a thousand uh, over a thousand cultivation licenses that are state provisional licenses and maybe only 10 um that are annual and that's because we need the help of the county to get through this so our license has been sitting there for four years and you know the smaller farmers are really trying to trying to stay relevant and i wish the county would actually support that better and actually look at that as being something that's very unique that treating cannabis which i think is going to could be a potentially huge thing for the county as something different than other other counties have and actually keep it small um, support the people that have been here help give them the resources in order to actually have a viable little operations i think is really really important so because those are those businesses or those farms just like any other traditional business are going to be people that live in the community have lived in the community, are going to give back to the community, want to see resources within their community. Um, and I think all those things are really important. And I just want to take a minute to sh- point out another hurdle obstacle. Uh, both Marianne and Jim told me that, you know, to start any small business, you need mm-hmm. to go to the assessor's office right. and you need to file for a business license. Everybody does it for small businesses and you get it renewed. So it, it used to be you just walked in, you filled out the paperwork, you handed them a check and, you know, they got you your business license. So both of these folks just told me it takes five to six months mm-hmm. to even get your business license correct and and neither one of them know why that takes that long so we're just putting it out there folks we're just kind of letting you know put it out into the universe and see maybe somebody's listening that might know or might be able to change that around um yeah i mean it sounds like if you come into this county with a great idea you want to do something productive you want to open a small business you got to you know You get, you're looking at two, three years out, maybe, yeah, potentially. And I, and I think also, yeah. you, you take a look at uh, a community like ours. So my partner comes from a, a rural working farming community in Nebraska. And in that community, in a town that's the size of ours, there's a hospital, there's a pharmacy, <laughs> there's a movie theater, there's a bank. You know, Anderson mm-hmm. Valley, you don't have any of those things. And, and here we had a fire that took out part of our commercial buildings down in, in Boonville uh, a year or two ago. Or I've also heard about a fire that happened in Covalo, too, that took out yes, a lot of businesses exactly, in Covalo. Yeah. Who's going to go back in, in the climate that we're in right now, and rebuild those 
areas. We are already kind of depleted about of having resources like that within our communities, uh, businesses that we really want to have in our communities. But who's going to go in and actually want to, in this environment, want to go in and rebuild those buildings and put businesses back in? So I think these are really you know, crucial problems. If not, our rural communities, you know, given the demographics of our of our county, you know, it's an aging population. There are younger people that really want to live here. Um, when I started my business, um, everybody was moving away. So I had uh, old timers that were kind of working for me. And when their kids got into college, they, they never came back. We have, we have kids now that are young adults that want to come back and live and work in this community. We need to provide them with those resources that they can do that. And they have a viable path of, you know, having a home, having a living wage job, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and we have to understand what these younger uh, entrepreneurs need. And one of the biggest things that they need is um, ubiquitous access to the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to utilize our technologies not only for our businesses, but our county administration needs to utilize technology better. Because the business licenses that you're talking about is absolutely true. It takes way too long for any one business to get a business license in this county. But we don't utilize technology uh, the way we can and should. Um, and we have to remind ourselves that not everybody lives in a 15-minute drive of Ukiah. Right. We're talking about long drives to have to go in to get a form filled out. We've had businesses who have driven back and forth, you know, to go to Ukiah, which is is crazy when so much now can be can and should be done online. online right. But we have to make a commitment to doing that and to doing it in a way that's going to benefit the small business owner. Well, uh, Marianne, I wanted to have you talk about, you've got five points that you really wanted to highlight today about a part of this economic strategy, that, and there's five top areas that you think that the county and all of us should be focused on. Can, can we go over that real quickly? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the areas that are outlined as recommendations in the economic analysis yeah. um, is specifically to bolster the county's economic development infrastructure. It's all the things that you just talked about, Karen. You know, back in the day there was somebody, back in the day there was this, back in the day there was that. Well, you know, in today's world, business is completely different. Business needs different things, and they need attention to getting those things. And right now, the infrastructure for economic development just doesn't exist in the county. There's a lot of good people and good organizations, I want to be clear, who are doing good things, but there's no unification of it. And without collaboration and coalition building, you can't really move ahead. And let's just clarify that. When you talk about that, you're talking about building and planning, talking to environmental health. Is that what you're talking about within the county structure, or are you talking about when you talk about infrastructure? So all of those things. So building and planning, of course, is the key um, to, um, you know, getting the permits, the licenses, all the things that you need to be successful. But you have organizations like EDFC who are focused on capital access and financing. You have other, you know, chambers. You have other working groups who are helping small businesses, but it's not a connected whole. And You know, building and planning is definitely the challenge because businesses can't grow unless their services are um, improved. I mean, it's just the nature of, of what it is. And we, we see it. Just I want to give you also some context. 
on average, West would see about 250 clients a year, new clients a year. In 2020, we saw 724 clients. Wow. Okay. 2020 was a disaster, as we all know, (laughs) the world knows. But we have this triple threat now. We have COVID, we have wildfires, and we have drought. Right. So those are the backdrop to all the things that were already plaguing us. <laughs> you know, we are, we, the inefficiencies in county and you know, municipalities and in general have always been there. And now we have the triple threat. Mm-hmm. So for a business owner, when they come to us, especially an existing business owner, <laughs> you know, helping them just survive right. is what we're doing. Um, it's and it's a really frightening thing. Now, there are new people coming in, as Jim mentioned. There are young people. There are ambitious people. There are people with money coming in. There are people who want to, you know, be conscientious of the environment and develop businesses. But if we don't lower the barriers for those people to enter, if we don't encourage folks like Jim, who has developed this phenomenal, you know, environment that people love and enjoy, but they're very conscientious to the environment itself. We're going to, we're not going to be able to survive economically. Yeah. Okay. And then your second one says strengthen small business and entrepreneurship environment. So that kind of is pretty much what I've been talking about. Yeah. Which is how do we stimulate new businesses? Uh, that's one of the reasons why we did start at Mendocino, and we're doing it again, is to have a business acceleration uh, program in place in the county so that innovators in this rural environment, and remember, a rural environment is exactly as Jim said, there aren't the resources here. Right. There isn't the bank that's on every corner or, you know, the shops and, and stuff. Um, the other thing, too, hand-in-hand hand is that adaptable workforce. Yes. We need right. to make our workforce more robust. We need to make it adaptable. We need to make it um, resilient um, in, in that way. And we need to teach the workforce the new skills that are needed for businesses to grow. Right. Um, the second, uh, the fourth item, of course, is the housing, which you addressed, mm-hmm. um, both not only affordable housing, but workforce housing, mm-hmm. housing where people who make good incomes can have their workforce uh, live, and then finally, regional broadband access, mm-hmm. and this is essential to any business. It it just is. It, we have to educate our population better, and we have to have the infrastructure in place to be connected. And, and, again, and during Move Twenty Thirty, we really kind of addressed a lot of those things. So, no, you know, I'm sorry, had, say that again, Jim. Uh, during Move Twenty Thirty, uh-huh. we really addressed a lot mm-hmm. of those problems, and we did it with community members. So we got the input from people that live and work in the communities that about how they felt about these issues and these problems that we actually have in front of us and how what are their ideas about kind of solving them you know one thing i want to say really quick is that you know we we live in an area that is kind of a blank slate if you look at our counties that are south of us in Mm -hmm. sonoma and napa county marin county these are all counties that have kind of built out and there's a culture here that doesn't want any growth and i think measured growth is really important just measured pace Mm -hmm. growth having some of that in our county is a really important thing we have an opportunity here that if we do want to grow and actually do want to have a resilient economy but also just you know a better quality of life for people that are living living in our communities 
then we actually have an opportunity to take a look at what's been done from counties to the south or other counties that have really grown very quickly. We can pace out our growth, but actually we have an opportunity to really do something very unique, and I think that's exciting. That's one of the things that kind of got me involved in all of this. Well, what I find fascinating is you talk about people being afraid of growth, and mm-hmm. I think that must just be an old-timer cultural thing, mm-hmm. because when you look at the statistics, our county's population has not grown and has slightly decreased in the last five years on seven levels so i i'm not sure about this and you know this fear of growth i Mm -hmm. i don't particularly see it Hmm. marianne did you want to comment with that well the the population has declined over the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and and is continuing to decline as a matter of fact one of the things that we see as far as why we cannot be hiring a workforce, and we know that that's a national issue, but in Mendocino County, it's out, outward, outbound migration. I mean, we see it all the time. Businesses who have started, let's say, in the last five years, many have left. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> many individuals have left. I mean, so <clears throat> right now they're leaving because of the challenges of, of the economy in general, but, um, but traditionally... People are not coming into the county. And when I think Jim is referring to uh, that fact about, you know, the culture, mm-hmm. when, <laughs> when you come into this county and you want to start a business and it takes you six months and $70,000 to open up a dress shop, yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's just <laughs> not going to happen. Like, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're not talking about like somebody's coming in and, you know, developing something on the coast that is an industrial complex. (laughs) We're talking about like just even basic stuff that is needed in the county takes so long. Right. So. That's anti-growth. Yeah, and we had even, real quick, we even had, you know, the one company that came in, the guy that actually developed that electric tractor on the coast, I believe, and he really Uh wanted to develop the business within the county here. And I think with all the roadblocks that he felt, I mean, they ended up finding a location in Sonoma County. Um, And that would have been really good, well-paying jobs, the type of businesses that we want to have here, kind of like the first electric tractors. I mean, that would have just been a great opportunity. So those are things that we need to not not have happened moving forward well and looking back i mean i was around when uh class k housing was the big thing back in 78 that was one of the first political things i watched happen in mendocino county and after we you know got got uh codified uh class k and what would work what wouldn't work within it i thought wow this county is really going to be inventive it's Mm going to be rethinking Mm -hmm. the the wheel and box and we're really going to move forward with some really creative ideas considering we were one of the first areas to get solar it came Mm -hmm. from here you know what i mean in the same way with the emerald triangle the pot market the cannabis market wow this is really some creative county stuff that we can move forward and be an exception and make a example for the rest of the country well that's kind of not happened yeah and the other thing i just want to jump in and say considering that we have had decrease in our growth and a lot of the not this huge growth that we all thought of 
it it boggles my mind that the county has not been able to at least keep up with what's going on right. to make it happen. Right. So anyway, and we have we have kind of a maverick spirit, you know. Yes. And I think that's yes. kind of what makes <laughs> Mendocino County unique. I mean, we're kind of trailblazers. We're willing to take yeah. risks, and I think that that's something we need to capitalize on. Something we need to foster and give room to grow for sure. Well, what I'm going to say is, I think we need to get our county structure our 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 uh, bureaucrats to, to get along with that idea to right. help us do that so um any last uh comments or concerns uh marianne we're winding um, down I here would, yeah i i think you know there's no doubt that the county officials as well as the uh, citizens and residents like i say are faced with this triple threat it, we feel like we've been in disaster mode i think all of us feel that way but set that aside we need to collaborate. We need to work together. We need to build upon the assets that we have in this county and this community in order for us to grow and develop and be able 10 years from now to look back and said, we made the right choices at the right time because now is the time to get that infrastructure funding and to get the things that we need in this county that we've sorely been in need of. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. And if people want to are interested in uh, what Marianne's doing, you can get a hold of her at her website. That would be westcenter.org. We like that. West nice and easy. Center.org. Okay. Hey, thanks Thank a you. lot. I'm going to let you go now. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Hey, Jim, where you yeah. and I are going to wrap this up. Any last comments before we um, get out of here? I think, you know, uh, what we can do is maybe the question goes out there. What can we do as far as citizens yeah. you know, within the county and i think one thing we can do is actually try to be supportive of, of of these ideas and actually these things that need to be solved and really have our voices heard you know a lot of times we'll be in a room and the only voices are the louder voices in the rooms are saying no 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 and i i encourage other business owners to get out there and really be another voice in the room and actually share what they're doing and actually um support our our leaders in order to make some change all right hey jim thanks for coming in right, and thanks keep doing the great work you're doing happy birthday by the way oh stop thank you <laughs> all right folks um i will be back with you in two weeks um i just a quick note we are in an uptick with covid folks whether you want to admit it or not we're going off the charts with cases and deaths and it is required to mask up indoors please please do it let's take care of everybody this has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.